thrilled to be here. Thank you for joining me every Sunday morning at 11 here on 88.7 FM WLUW. Got an hour uninterrupted of your favorite small town kid. Go to the Loyola Phoenix, Nick Schultz. I know Sister Gene pretty well. I think he's the sports editor there. He is. He's a sports editor. Great. Yeah. Sports good, columnist, sports writer. And, uh, and there's a, there's... I'd be lying if I said I wasn't watching baseball in class. Nick Schultz, who is a, a rising star in the profession. Our guy, Nick Schultz, covers Loyola for the student newspaper there, the Loyola Phoenix. I have to keep pinching myself <laughs> and asking if this is real. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm a poor, starving college student, so I would say I was physically here, but I wouldn't say I was mentally here. They made a game out of it, I can tell you that. Uh, that was quite the game between Loyola and Richmond in Indianapolis. Uh, final score, number 25, Richmond 75, Loyola 73. Uh, welcome in to Post Game Live on my Twitter page. I'm Nick Schultz from WLUW Radio and off the inbound college basketball blog. Um, what a game, I think is the best way to put it, seeing as though the first half was ugly, to say the least, especially from the Loyola perspective. It was not great. But strong, strong second-half effort. And once three started falling and they cut down on the turnovers, uh, turned into a game. Again, your final score, uh, 75-73. The Richmond Spiders came out on top. That was quite the game from Blake Francis for Richmond. 27 points, uh, 4 of 5 from three-point territory. Uh, He kind of carried them, and he hit some big free throws along the way too. Uh, I do want to talk about the free throws at some point, naturally. Um, But there will be other things I want to talk about as well. Feel free to comment. On any of your thoughts, I'll hopefully get to all of them. Uh, if I don't, I apologize. But I do want to hear from you, the fans, because that is why I'm doing this. I'm doing this for the fans. I'm not doing this just for me. Um, another good game, second half-wise, for uh, Loyola. Uh, first half, not great. Uh, let's see, look at the stats here. Uh, 9 for 21 shooting from the field. 1 for 8 from three-point territory. I'm going to talk more about that in a second. Only had 22 points. That was quite the quite the deficit. But they made up for it in the second half. Well, they almost did 51 second half points, 17 of 34 shooting. If you're good at math, that's 50%. And they shot 44% from three-point territory, 8 for 18. That's after, that's in the second half. These are the second half stats. Uh, Braden Norris, I think you can call this a coming out party of sorts. 21 points, 8 of 12 shooting, 5 for 9 from three-point territory. That's where they need him. They need him to do well from three-point land. And he did so in the second half. They need him and Cooper Kafis to pick it up from deep. And Coop didn't have any points tonight. 0 with 3 shooting all from downtown. He got in a little foul trouble. He had three fouls. Uh, Cameron Crutwig put up a double-double. That's his first of the year, I believe, by my count. Uh, that could be off. 14 points, 11 rebounds. He also had two steals. And Tate Hall putting, get, putting a double-digit game together. 12 points, 5 of 12 shooting. 2 of 5 from 3-point land. Lucas Williamson didn't really... The stat sheet doesn't reflect it. I thought Lucas had a good game. Uh, he had eight points, uh, three of ten shooting, two of seven from deep. He hit some big shots down the stretch, though. And I thought he was a big reason they stayed in the game, but I really like what I saw from Braden Norris, especially. Again, that line, 21 points, five and nine from three-point land. He also had five assists. I noticed him bringing the ball up a little bit, too. That was an interesting idea by Porter Moser, I thought. I didn't expect Braden to be bringing the ball up a lot this year. I figured we'd see more Keith Clemens at the point. But Braden bringing the ball up is an interesting tactic. Hi, Kyle. I know you're at Genteel covering the women's basketball game, so uh, get to work. I haven't told you that in a while. 
So good to see Kyle Brown on here. Uh, again, if you have any thoughts, feel free to comment. I'm here for you. This was a this was a fun second half. I want to talk to you about it. And let's talk about the free throw shooting because you know I have to talk about the free throw shooting. Thank goodness Keith Clemens can make free throws. He made three big ones down the stretch to keep Loyola in it. He went 8 of 10 from the line. 12 of 18 for the game from the strike. Now, if you're a math guy, which I am not, but if, if you're good at math, I'm not a math guy. But that's six points left on the board. They only lost by two. So you got to make your free throws, especially down the stretch. And that was a big thing for Loyola in this one. And it's, it's a theme that goes back to last year. They had trouble shooting free throws last year. Porter said he still doesn't know why. He doesn't seem to under, he didn't know why he even said, he's like, I've done everything. Not really sure what's up with the free throw shooting. Hopefully they can get that figured out by Valley play. But I got to tell you that second half, I thought I thought I was going to come into this at halftime. And at halftime, I mean, my, my mom made baked potatoes for dinner. So I halftime, I got my, got my food, sat down the second half with my dinner. That's why I wasn't on Twitter much. I was eating. And I really thought I was going to come on here and talk about a really bad game. And it was for the first 20 minutes. But the second half, Loyola turned down the Jets. And the first, that first half killed them. I mean, they had 15 turnovers in the first half. To put that in perspective, they had 14 for the game against number seven, was number seven or number 12 Wisconsin, whatever their ranking is. Basically, Wisconsin's a much higher caliber team than Richmond, is what I'm trying to say. 14 turnovers in the first half against Wisconsin, or in the game against Wisconsin, 15 in the first half against Richmond. Tonight, they finished with 18, and that's a good sign. They had three second-half turnovers. And Richmond had 15 for the game. It's not showing me how many they had in the second half, but when you only score 38 points and the other team scores 51, I'm guessing they had a few more turnovers. I wasn't really looking at the live stats feed. I'm not really looking at the live stats during the game much, just now that I'm not covering the team on the beat. I, only, I look at the stats toward the end of the game to get an idea of what I'm going to talk about on here, and I'll break it down from there. But that second half performance was solid, and I do have a comment here. It's from Skyway Chicago. Riveting second half, but the turnovers. Yeah, Porter's goal for games is 10 turnovers or less, and he had 15 in the first half. That's not great. And I mean, I've never, I didn't really play competitive basketball, but I can tell you that's not good. And the fact that they cut down on him in the second half is a good sign. But I go back to those free throws. And when Crutwig missed the two back-to-back, got to make your free throws in the stretch, especially in that spot. Went two of six from the stripe today. The free throws have got to get better. The largest lead for Richmond was 20 points at one point, and Loyola cut it down again. They only lost by two. They made a game out of it. I was impressed. I really was that Loyola came up with some big clutch shots, and they were able to make a game out of it because I wrote them off. Halftime, I'm thinking, okay, I wouldn't want to be in that locker room right now. I don't know what Porter said to them in that locker room. I wouldn't have wanted to be in there because I, I, that does not sound like a fun time in the Loyola rock, locker room when they're down at halftime, 37-22, and that gap probably could have been even bigger because Richmond is not a team to have a bad game against. I even tweeted it. Bad game to have a bad game. And they made up for it in the second half. I thought they were going to pull off the comeback, but, man, free throws. Came down to free throws. One note, obviously, in this game, one of the big things I was looking for was if Demise Anderson was going to play. Demise, obviously, a transfer from Indiana. He did not play in this game, but he is eligible this season. He was dressed today, too. He was dressed. He didn't play. 
I thought that was a good move on Porter's part. He was working out with the walk-ons, it looked like, based on the pictures from practice. Wouldn't be surprised if we see Meezy this year at all. Um, obviously, be kind of working him in slowly, seeing as though he's transferring and he's hasn't. I think he's been working out with the walk-ons. I'm not sure what his situation is. Would not surprise me if we see a little Demise Anderson this year in the conference play. Skyway Chicago again. Can you summarize the scoring by player? Sure, I'll go through it. Uh, for Loyola, I'll start with uh, Braden Norris. Again, 21 points. Big performance by him, especially in the second half. It's a big threes. Five and nine, three-point shooting, eight to 12 from the field. Crutwig with a double-double, 14 points, 11 boards. Tate Hall had 12 points. That's a good bounce back for him after a rough game against Wisconsin. He also had five assists. And Lucas Williamson and Keith Clemens both had eight points. All of Keith's points came from the free throw line, which, which does my heart good because free throws are free, as the wise man once said. But Lucas, obviously eight points. I thought he did more that didn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. And he had a steal, four rebounds, two assists, but I thought he had an overall good game. It doesn't really reflect it in the stats. I don't know who the Gonzaga commenter is. I never brought up Gonzaga. So thanks for thanks for trolling. Have a nice night. But let's move over to the Richmond side for scoring. Obviously, Blake Francis, 27 points. 9 of 17 shooting. Uh, Gilliard had 19 points for Richmond. Next closest scorer was Golden with 14. Those are three guys in double figures. And they shot 51.9% from the field. And I thought, I thought Loyola's... Defense was kind of shaky in the first half, and it was kind of because I know Porter always says it. It's a cliche. Offense dictates your defense. And that's exactly what happened in the first half. And I mean, Richmond shot 53.8% from the field in the second half. That second half was exciting. And I, I liked what I saw in the second half outside of the free throw shooting. Please comment on here. Uh, I will read your comments and give me something to bounce off of. Again, if you're just joining, uh, final score, Richmond 75, Loyola 73. It was an exciting game the last 20 minutes. First 20 minutes, not so much. Is Francis as supernaturally good as he appears? That's a good question. He put together a good game, that's for sure. He's been one of their more consistent players this year for Richmond. I wouldn't say supernaturally good, necessarily. But he's putting together some good games. He's been a big part of their success this year. And I, I think Richmond... I. They're listed as number 25, at least on the Loyola press releases and whatnot. I'm pretty sure they were receiving votes this week. They were the 26th team, quote-unquote. I wouldn't be surprised if they jumped back into the rankings. But this was a good matchup for Loyola. I said it after the Wisconsin game during my post-game periscope. And Wisconsin was a bigger team. Like they had, I think they had two seven-footers starting. One of them is Micah Potter, who gave Cameron Crutwig a hard time down low and put together a good stretch on offense. And it was a tough matchup. They were a bigger team. Richmond was a similar-sized team. They did have uh, their big guy. I don't know. Was it Golden? Yeah, Grant Golden's their big who can shoot. Again, 14 points, 7-9 shooting. He had seven boards. So that's a little different. But all in all, this was a good mid-major basketball game. First, I keep going back to it. The second half was so good. And both teams shot over 50% in the second half. And... I like if the whole game was like that, this would go down as one of the games of the year. But obviously Loyola in the first half struggled. Nine for twenty-one shooting, fifteen turnovers, and one for eight from three-point shooting. I was at the point where I was thinking, okay, time to cut back on the threes. They're just not happening tonight. But then eight of eighteen after the half was better. I know Porter has emphasized he wants the team shooting more threes this year. And that they should be. I mean, with these shooters, you got Hall, you've got Norris, you've got Kafis, 
You've got Clemens even. You can count Clemens as a, as a shooter. Marquise Kennedy only had two points on one-on-one shooting. I'm surprised we didn't see more Marquise today. I wonder if they just did a better job shutting him down. But either way, those are your shooters. And with Tom Welch getting some confidence from three, he didn't shoot one today, but the other day he did. I think this team can shoot lights out from three. Lucas Williamson even in there shooting threes. That's going to be the name of the game for this offense. I've been saying it all year. The name of the game for Porter's offense is pace and space for a reason. They control the pace, they spread out the floor, and you can shoot the three. That was the success in 2018. They had a lot of three-point shooters in 2018. You think of Dante Ingram, Ben Richardson. You had guys who could shoot the three. Those guys got to come back today. Again, nine for 26 for the game isn't great, but you look, I mean, that first half just did them in. One for eight from three, only 22 points scored. As you saw, they lost by two. So one bad half obviously can make the difference. And obviously the free throw shooting's in there. Uh, what's the thoughts on the Rambler youth? I'm not sure. It depends on what you mean by youth. If you're talking about the freshman, Baylor Hebb had two points, both coming from free throws. I thought he's finding his way into the rotation a little bit. It's a little tough these last couple games with Wisconsin and Richmond. But I think Tom Welch has taken a leap forward this year. Six points, three or four shooting, and some other things that didn't show up in the stat sheet. He looked really good down low. Very versatile. He reminds me very much of a small guy, big. Think Andre Jackson, Christian Thomas. So Tom's taking a leap forward this year for sure. I don't... Paxson Wojcik shows up on the stat sheet here. He saw a couple minutes, didn't do much. But the big name to look for this year is Tom Welch. I think Tom's going to take a big leap into Valley play, and that's what this week was about. Two ranked teams... Good competition heading into Valley play because the next scheduled game, well, games for Loyola is Missouri Valley Conference play against Illinois State. And I'm not sure if they're going to add more games in there somewhere. They could. You never know with Porter. We were watching the UIC game on Sunday and found out after that they were going to Wisconsin on Tuesday. So you never know what Porter's going to do in this age of scheduling on the fly. There could be a game mixed in here. Obviously, Christmas coming up on Friday. You never know. But the next scheduled game is Valley play, and that shows you how fast this year is going to be going. And if that is the next scheduled game, if they're not playing again until conference play, they finish with a 3-2 and two conference record, two losses against ranked teams. The big question now is about the two-bid Valley, because we've heard a lot this year the Valley could be two bids. Not sure that's going to happen now. Especially now with... UNI losing A.J. Green. Not sure they're going to be able to perform at the high level. Granted, they did just get, with the NCAA announcement of transfer eligibility, they did just get a big boost with a transfer becoming eligible. I can't remember his name. I think I have it right here. Gonar Mar is eligible for Northern Iowa. That's going to be a big boost. And I think they could be a name. You look at at-large bids. That's the name that came up. They're the favorite in the league. Probably not going to happen this year. Loyola now two losses. Granted, they're both against ranked teams. Think about the think about the selection committee and what they what they do with the bidding. Think Illinois State a few years ago with Wichita State. They got snubbed. Not sure they get an at-large bid. Bradley could make a case. Don't sleep on Drake. Drake's still undefeated. So the Valley could be two bid. I think Loyola and Northern Iowa to get into March Madness has to win. Arch Madness this year. A couple more comments here. My guys from the March to the Arch podcast. Baker, what's going on, man? Good analysis of the game. Keep up the good work. Thanks, pal. Brutal 10 to 15 minute stretch for Loyola. 27 to 9 run. Can't have that against a good team. We saw that last year, too. 
It's the same thing. They go on these droughts. They struggle, and it does them in. And again, they only lost by two. They, they made it close down the stretch. And I think if Crutwig makes that first layup instead of needing a second chance, they can foul. Maybe see if Richmond can miss a free throw. Wouldn't have fouled Francis, but foul someone. Maybe extend the game a little bit. But all in all, yeah, those bad stretches can't happen against good teams. And Richmond is one of those teams. Richmond is a sleeper team this year. They were favored in the A-10 for a reason. Sinatra and me had the same birthday. Oh, it's, hey, that's Kevin Crutwig. What's going on, Kevin? Yeah, another comment up here, too. Best guard combo will play all year. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's a solid guard combination back there with Francis and Gilliard. And, I mean, they combined for 46, 46 points. Yeah, 46 points between them. So, yeah, that's a great guard combination. And they, they lit them up. And Golden, I think Golden's a tough matchup for Cameron Crutwig. It was a tough matchup because Golden can shoot. And again, 7-9 from the field. He didn't attempt a 3, but sometimes he can take those 3s. So Richmond is a better team than people give him credit for. And that's why this game was so big today. So again, looking ahead here, next schedule games, Valley play. December 27th is the first schedule game. Again, I'm not sure what the plan is with scheduling. Maybe Porter will get another game. Maybe after this week, he'll send the guys home for the holidays. If they can go home for the holidays with the COVID pandemic and the bubbles and whatnot. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm going to go what's next on the schedule here is Illinois State, December 27th and 29th at Genteel Arena. It's a good start to conference play. It's good to get conference play rolling. Hopefully we can get through all of conference play this year with COVID. If you missed the news tonight, it it actually happened during the game. The Moderna vaccine did get approved, emergency authorization. So there's another vaccine on the way. That could be some light at the end of the tunnel. But for the time being, we got to look at there's the pandemic going on. I'm hoping they get the full conference season in. And that's how I'm going to approach any previews as I'm going to plan for the game. Just going to hope for the best. So Illinois State. And then the rest of the schedule, it's, I think it goes Bradley, Drake, Northern Iowa. Bradley and Drake on the road. First three rounds of conference play. I mean, it's going to be... It's going to be a tough one. I mean, Illinois State, Loyola should beat Illinois State. I mean, that's just how I'm looking at that game. I'm not high on Illinois State this year. I think Loyola's got a good chance. The big one's going to be Bradley. Bradley's got a really good team this year, once again. And Drake's got a really good team this year. They're 6-0, like I said. And, I mean, Northern Iowa's not going to be bad. Yeah, they lost A.J. Green. But with Gonar Amar in the rotation now, they're, they're kind of a wild card now. That's the other thing with this transfer eligibility. That's another thing I talked about earlier if you missed it. Demise Anderson didn't play tonight. He was dressed. Maybe we'll see him down the road. But as we sit here now, he didn't play tonight. Not sure if we'll see him this year, but he was dressed. He is eligible to play. My bet is, this is just my guess, that Porter didn't want to play him against a team like Richmond right out of the gate. Maybe ease him in, get him some work with the regular guys. And then against Illinois State, maybe we'll see some Demise Anderson. I'm really high on him. I think he's going to be a good piece to this offense. And he reminds me a lot of kind of a Milton Doyle-esque. I don't want to compare him to Milton Doyle because Milton Doyle is one of the better players in Loyola history. And I think his number is going to be retired one day. I'm not going to say Demise's Milton Doyle. I'm saying the path he took going high major, end up going to mid-major. Big 10 in Indiana to Missouri Valley in Loyola. I really think that Demise Anderson's going to fit into this offense really well. He's going to be a good Porter Moser type player is what I say. So ease him in, get him work with the regular guys instead of the walk-ons. And then from there, 
maybe he can make an impact in Valley play. There's a lot of unknowns with the transfer eligibility waiver. I'm still breaking it down myself. I'm still kind of reading up on it, learning what's going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. So that's another thing to watch for in conference play. I did see a couple uh, comment here. Never sleep on Northern Iowa. That's right. Never sleep on Northern Iowa. Never sleep on anybody in the Valley, especially now that Wichita State's out of the league. Anything can happen. We saw that in well, 2018. Loyola kind of ran the table. But since 2018, there's been a lot of parity in the league. The Valley is anyone's league. Any, I hate the saying any given Sunday because it's so cliche. But any given day, any team can show up. You never know what's going to happen, especially at Arch Madness. I think Arch Madness is going to be wild again this year, especially with Loyola, Bradley, and Drake all fielding really good teams, which Drake is kind of a surprise team this year. Like I said, undefeated. And I'm not sure what their schedule looks like heading into conference play. Southern Illinois is undefeated too. Keep an eye on the Salukis. So the Valley is looking pretty good heading into conference play coming up. But it's anybody's game. So Northern Iowa, yeah, they lost their best player, reigning player of the year in A.J. Green. They could still put together a solid stretch. So you never know what's going to happen. Let's look at some more comments here. Kevin Crutwick, something to consider. Refs can get COVID too. Might get refs who are not Valley refs. Yeah, that's an interesting thought that people aren't thinking about is that ref, the refs can get COVID. Maybe you can lose referees because of the virus and have to lose the game. It's so, there's a lot of unknowns with what's going to happen in Valley play with the pandemic still going on. And who knows what's going to happen. I'm hoping we get the full season in. I'm sure everybody's hoping we get the full season in. I'm hoping everybody stays safe and healthy. That's the number one priority. The games can come secondary. Everyone needs to stay safe and healthy. When I heard that 16 of 17 guys on the Loyola roster got COVID, worried me a little bit. You hope everybody stays healthy. Luckily, they all recovered. But that's that's number one priority, and you got to think for the refs, too. So, yeah, you could get non-Valley refs in there. I'm going to see a lot of Jerry, Jerry Pollard this year. I know he <laughs> see his name a lot. Uh, what do we got? Do you have a cutout at Gentile Arena? I do not. I did not get a cutout at Gentile just on the off chance. I do end up making the trip up to the arena, and I'm covering it. That way I'm not in the stands and sitting at the media table. But I did not get a cutout at the arena this year. I thought about it as an alum, but just on the off chance I do make it up there. I'm still on the job search, too. I mean, I'm currently living back home in Dwight, Illinois with my parents. So it's an hour-and-a-half trip to the city. But if the job search takes me back to Chicago, I'd probably, hopefully, be media for games. And therefore, me in the stands, it'd be kind of weird. So I don't have one. That's kind of a long answer, but that's really my rationale there. I didn't see a lot of comments about the referees, thank goodness, because I don't usually get into the refereeing. If you saw my post-game show on the Wisconsin game, people were complaining about the refs on Twitter. I wasn't going there. There were obviously some calls that could have gone either way that didn't. Also, what was up with the shot clock at the end of the game? It seemed like it kept resetting. I don't know what that was about. On the video feed, it looked fine, but apparently it kept resetting, which I'm glad people got the video feed working because people were tweeting at me that they couldn't get the game on ESPN+. And I kept telling them, hey, Jeff Hagedorn and Chris Sparks are literally broadcasting a game on an audio stream. You can listen to that until it comes up. I'm really glad the video feed worked. Granted, the broadcast was okay. But it's nice to watch the game instead of listen to the game. I'm one of those with basketball. I like to watch it. As it is, I've got the Bulls preseason game up on my TV right here just because I'm a freak and can't stop watching basketball, it seems like. But I'm glad the video feed worked. Granted, it started working toward the end of the first half when things were pretty ugly for Loyola. But I'm glad it worked in the second half. So people could see 
how exciting that second half was. Blurred Vision, what's up, my guy? If we weren't in the Valley, what conference could we play in with how we're playing right now? I'm going to be honest, man. I'm not sure how to answer that. Just because the you got to think of the level of competition here. You open against D2 Lewis, and then Chicago State, back-to-back. Two teams you should beat pretty handily, and they did beat pretty handily. UIC is a solid matchup. Obviously, UIC is in the Horizon League. UIC has got a good team this year. They're not going to win the Horizon League necessarily. I don't think they'll win it, but they still got a solid crew. So that's kind of a good matchup from a major standpoint. Wisconsin, that's a really good Wisconsin team in the Big Ten. The Big Ten is loaded this year. And Richmond, obviously favored in the A-10. So, and I see Skyway Chicago, Steve Timble commented it as well. I could see maybe an A-10 caliber, but I'm not really sure how to answer that question, to be honest with you. I've just never really given much thought to it. But if I had to answer for you right now, I'd say A-10, just because they kept up with the top team in the league in the second half. Again, I'm count that first half, I want to call it a fluke. I really do. I want to call it just a bad first half. Porter always says, put it in the bank and move on. It's cliches, I'll get out, but it works. Just move on from that first half. I want to do that, but I got to put it in the context of they had a bad first half and still, still managed to lose to the favorite in the A-10 by two points. Again, final score, Richmond 73, Loyola, or Richmond 75, Loyola 73. I've not seen any comments from Porter Moser's press conference. I do not have any, uh, I don't have any access to the press conferences anymore. That's just because I'm an alum. I'm not writing for the Phoenix anymore, trying to keep my space. This is honestly just something I'm doing for fun to keep me busy just because I'm bored. I live in the middle of nowhere. This is fun. I love doing this and interacting with Loyola Nation still. But again, 75-73, it uh, was not a good first half. Second half looked good. I'm going to keep this to another couple minutes here. We're coming up on a half hour. If anyone has any final comments, feel free to comment here. But again, Valley play is coming up. As of right now, it's looking like the next game is going to be Valley play. And Illinois State's first up at Gentile Arena. Again, December 27th and 29th in Chicago, Loyola, Illinois State. That opens conference play. It's a really fun time of year. I love Valley play. I grew up in an Illinois State house. My parents are Illinois State alumni. This is the first time since I think my freshman year I'll be able to watch Loyola, Illinois State with my parents and not be working. So that's going to be that's going to be fun for me on a personal level because they uh they went there and we always go back and forth. It was a lot of fun when Loyola and Illinois State were they played in Arch Madness the one year. That was a really fun time. So that's first up and then Bradley Drake right out of the gate. You got a somewhat I'd say somewhat easy game against Illinois State. I don't think Illinois State's going to do much to open eyes. But again, it's the Valley. You never know. Barry Hinson once said, it's the Valley. He said that for a reason. But then Bradley Drake, those are the games I'm looking for. Those are going to be the telltale for how this year's going to go. Skyway Chicago asks, can I have Abby on as a guest? That's Abby Schnabel, the sports editor at the Loyola Phoenix. She worked with me the last couple of years. And honestly, I don't know if I'm going to be able to have guests on this. I'm broadcasting this from my phone right now. If I can work it out where I can have like guests on over Zoom, I will absolutely do that. I'll reach out to my guys over there, Abby especially, but then Kyle and Luke Calzada are also on the beat. If I could have all of them on, that'd be great. I'd love to catch up with them. But yeah, there is always an open invitation to Abby and to Kyle and to Lou to come on and talk ball, even on my radio show. I still host on WLUW, Sundays 11 to noon, and I talk a lot of college basketball. If you've tuned in, you hear me talk about the Valley a lot. So I'm still on there, and I can maybe have guests on there as well. 
So I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Again, thanks for the comments from uh, Skyway Chicago and Blurred Vision telling me to keep these up and to stay involved. I plan to. And uh, thank you all for watching and listening. This will be available as a podcast on my Sunday Sports Shootout feed. Again, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can feel free to check this out if you want to relive the postgame show for Loyola's 75-73 loss to Richmond. Again, conference plays coming up, at least as far as we can tell right now. Maybe there will be a surprise game down the road. You never know. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you, everybody, for watching and for listening. And if I don't see you before, have a very Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Hoping to talk to you after Loyola, Illinois State, December 27th.